Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows. All of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode, episode number 59, is called The Theme Song of Hell. Well, I hope you're interested in that, and I hope you kind of wonder what that theme song might be. Obviously, this is a little bit subjective. Well, obviously, it's a lot subjective, and you may have your own candidates for that very unfavorable position, but I'll tell you about mine in just a little while. I love to sing. I always have, I guess, from my earliest memory, I was singing. I know it's hard to believe now. It sounds like I'm about to confess that I come from a family of Martians. But when we were kids, our family sang. Now, there's a huge gap in the ages of the kids in our family. We really had two families. Mom and Dad had five children. They had three in the first family, waited 15 years, and then had two more of us. Now, being in the second family, may I say that I am very, very comfortable with the decision that they made. The fact is, and my younger brother, two years younger, reminds me of this, I don't think they made much of a decision at all where I was concerned. I think I was very much of a surprise, not to God, but yeah, to mom and dad, pretty sure a significant surprise. Was I planned? Are you kidding? Again, I think God knew from the creation of the universe. He knew about you, too. Take a lot of comfort in that. Take a lot of joy in that. But yes, I was quite a surprise. Fifteen years had passed since Mom and Dad had had a child. The last child in the first family was my sister. And then I had two brothers and have two brothers, older still. And so, quite a surprise. My oldest brother and his wife were married not that long before I was born. I almost could have been their child, not quite. And so if you do the math, and I'm pretty sure there must have been people doing math when they heard that the Shelburns were expecting, well, it wasn't the Shelburne that they might have first thought. It was G.B. and Wilma Shelburne who were, yes, expecting their fourth child. And so here I came. Two years later, they had my younger brother, Jim, and I've told him before that he was obviously created solely for my satisfaction and should show me proper deference. They had Jim. Was he planned? Yes, he was, as a playmate for little Curtis. He's never shown me the proper deference. But anyway, I say that to say that In our family, I'll explain to you, yes, we sang quite a bit. By the time I was old enough to enjoy the singing, I don't know if Jim ever did. He just couldn't sit still hardly that long. It was tough on him. But by the time I was old enough to enjoy the singing, we had other folks who'd come into the family, spouses, wonderful folks. We had some other folks to sing various parts. Dad usually sang tenor. 
He was not a tenor. He was a bass. All of us have low voices who were born into the family. Mom was an alto, but then others came in, and we had some help with the alto, and we had some help with the soprano. Ruthie did her best with the soprano. did well. She had a great voice. I think really all of us did pretty well in that regard. When I got a little older, I started singing alto with Mom. I learned in church to follow the notes up and down and try to sing with her, and I learned something about following musical notation. They're sitting in church. We also had all sorts of training opportunities at church, especially through the Bible training work, as we called it, that Dad had started years ago in Kerrville. It had moved to Amarillo, and one night a week, we had song practice. And so we learned a lot about music and singing and all of those kinds of things. At the same time, I was interested in singing in school. The time came when I was in choir. The time came when Jim and I took piano lessons. The time came when, as I got older in choir, I became the choir president at my high school. The time came when I was asked to sing as a very young bass in a quartet. The other three were quite a bit older but we had a great time. I loved that. And all of my life, I've been singing. I've taught a little music, and so on we go. And so in the last few years, as many of you know, and you surely know if you've listened to this podcast much, I've been able to record four albums of music. I'm proud of those. I really like music of all sorts. Now, I used to say that without any equivocation at all. I guess I should say, I don't really think that most of the stuff that has to be labeled with explicit lyrics even hardly counts as music. I certainly don't see why anybody would sing it. I guess if your art is sharing your terrible pain, maybe, I don't know, you could try to make a case, but I just feel like even if I had terrible pain, and some of the best songs in the world are songs that are sad, songs about sorrow, but I don't want to sing songs filled with hate. There's enough of that in the world. But I do like lots of different kinds of music, and I've even recorded a wider variety of music than I really ever thought I would. Part of that's because of my great producer, Daryl Bledsoe, who's encouraged me to stretch a bit, and I'm thankful for that. But I like a lot of different kinds of music. And so I've sung some light contemporary songs in that style, some, quote, Christian music, I don't like that term too much. I think Christian music is music that is written and sung to the glory of God, and it's written and sung well. It doesn't have to have religious lyrics of any sort to be music that really glorifies God. Any kind can do that with, again, the right kind of message, the right kind of good music. I love it that there are so many different kinds. I've sung Christmas music. I sing a lot at Christmas, and I've got an album of Christmas music out. I love the Christmas stuff. I was surprised a few years ago to do an album filled with the old American songbook songs. I called it For Sentimental Reasons. It's got the Nat King Cole, Tony Bennett kinds of songs. Oh, I love singing those songs. I really never had considered singing many of them, and certainly not recording any, until people started asking me to sing at some Valentine's kinds of things, or to provide some background music for some banquet kinds of things, and lo and behold, I found myself recording an album of songs like I Love You for Sentimental Reasons, 
the way you look tonight? This can't be love. I wish you love and more like that. One of my very favorite is Unforgettable, that great song that Nat King Cole sang. And remember, he sang it later with his daughter, even though he was already gone. That's an amazing story. But Amy, my daughter-in-law, and I sang that song together, recorded it together. What a wonderful experience. We also did on that same album, It Had to Be You. That was so much fun. I love those songs. And I want my grandkids to know about those songs. So I'm really thankful to have that album out. And I love to get to sing those songs anytime. I think they too can be sung to the glory of God, by the way. I later recorded another album I entitled Almost Home and tried to give just a little bit of a new scald on some songs like What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I sang that one kind of in a jazz style. I love that style, as you can tell. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. I sang a duet with my daughter-in-law, Amy, on Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Boy, she did a good job on that. The 90 and 9, Just a Closer Walk with Thee, Rock of Ages, a bunch of songs that just, I hope, kind of take us home. I love singing those songs. I even sang a country song or two, or a few. I haven't recorded that many, but I've got a few in the hopper now. And one I did record is Long Black Train. I never thought I'd do one like that. I hadn't even, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, I hadn't even heard the song until my producer, Daryl Bledsoe, that's why you have a producer, said, Curtis, you ought to consider that song. It's right in your range. Uh, you could do that. And lo and behold, we did that. He said, that'll help sell that album. Well, it surely has. And so I'm not about to have any albums go platinum. The demise of CDs, or at least the decline of CDs, is a little bit of a problem for me. The most recent album I put out also on a USB flash drive. It can be used in computers, cars, etc. And I also created one that has all of the music I've ever recorded on it and lots of other good stuff. And so I've tried to keep up a little bit. You know, I've got a lot of my songs, I guess almost all of them now, available on my website digitally. And so all of that's fun. And I love singing these songs of all sorts of different sorts. I love music. When I'm sad, it makes me feel better. When I'm glad, it makes me feel better. I think it does that for everybody. I think God made music to be sad for our souls. When we're sad, when we're joyful, at all times. And you don't have to be able to record anything. You don't have to win any prizes to be someone who sings and enjoys it and derives great benefit from it even if it's you and the four walls of your room. God gave us this gift. We really ought to use it. All of which to say, I just love music, and I'm thankful to have been able to have it be such a part of my life. At this point, I would usually give a little bit of an ad, but I guess I just did, really. If you go to my website, you can find samples of everything that I've sung, pretty much. Certainly everything that I've recorded. And I'd love for you to take a look there. That music is available. All you have to do is follow the instructions on the website, and I'll be happy to share some of that with you. See what you think. The website is www.curtisshelburn.com. That's www.curtis, no space, S-H-E-L-B-U-R-N-E.com. And now, let's focus 
on faith. If I were asked to give the title of my favorite song, I don't know what I would say. I like too many. If I were asked by someone trying to make the task easier to list 10 of my favorite songs, I don't think I could do that either. Same problem. Too many. I like so many songs, different styles, genres, eras. Oh, I could list some of my favorites that I've sung, performed, and even recorded. But when push comes to shove, that would be like asking me to list my favorite grandchildren. They're all my favorites in different ways, and the specific joys that they bring are beautifully unique. But back to the songs. A song doesn't have to be perfect for me to like it. Hey, I was in high school during the 70s. Lots happened in that era that nobody should be proud of, but some of the music was pretty amazing. Even if I listened critically to some of the words, some utterly naive nonsense and some a lot worse than nonsense, some of those harmonies I still like. But if you change the question and ask me to mention the names of some songs that I really dislike, I could name a few. Some have rotten lyrics. Some have lousy music. Some are just ugly and wallow self-importantly in ugliness. No one will ever ask me this question, but if someone asked me to nominate the theme song of hell, I don't have to think twice. It is... Now, a pause. I realize that I may be picking on a song you like. If so, I apologize. I'm not picking on Paul Anka, who wrote the English lyrics or on Frank Sinatra, or Elvis. Sinatra's version, I'm told, spent 75 weeks on the UK Top 40 list. That is no small feat. Lots of people liked it. Lots of people liked Achy Breaky Heart, too. Not me. The song is... Drum roll. I did it my way. I'm not wild about the tune. It takes itself far too seriously. But the lyrics? Much worse. Maybe I'm taking my way the wrong way by taking its lyrics so seriously. I've tried to read them in a more positive context, but it just doesn't work for me. They make me cringe. A guy saying these words would, it seems to me, be well worth avoiding. Look up the lyrics and tell me if this is a guy you'd trust very far. I think of a paunchy, boozy guy in a moth-eaten leisure suit, gray chest hair billowing out through three unbuttoned buttons, a gold neck chain nestled in his scraggly fur, and the tear-floated wreckage of ex-wives and broken-hearted children bobbing in his wake. Note, if you think that I think the generation that produced that song has a lock on selfish sleaze, you'd be wrong. In the generation since, it almost seems that if our goal was to epitomize weakness, selfishness, self-centeredness, soft-headedness, and whininess, we could hardly have done a better job. Pass out the participation trophies. Make sure we have decades to find ourselves and ask every hour on the hour with ever-increasing poignancy, am I happy yet? 
thereby ensuring misery. This is sadly funny, but a colleague of mine attended a funeral where that song was played. His church was hosting as another pastor performed the service, and he was up in the sound booth helping a staff member. Somewhere during I Did It My Way, she leaned over and whispered, He sure did, and that's why he ran through three wives. In Paradise Lost, John Milton puts Satan's focus in perspective. Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Yeah, my way. And hell for all around him. The great Scottish preacher and author George MacDonald spoke deep truth when he said that the one principle of hell is, I am my own. That is why I say that this song could well serve as the theme song of hell. I am my own? That is exactly what anyone who bows before God can never say. Oh, we all fall short and fall into selfishness often. But God's people know whose we are. And we believe that in bowing to Him, we find our true freedom and the power to become the best selves we could ever be. Ironic, isn't it? The surest way to become a twisted, bent, and grotesque caricature of what we might have been outside of self is to worship at the altar of self. It's hard to find happiness in a soul-sucking black hole called my way. The one before whom every knee shall bow is precisely the one who went willingly to a cross in the most supreme act of unselfish love this world, this universe, has ever seen. And he is the one who not only says, follow me, but also gives us the power to follow. Real life is not about self. Not at all. It's not about how bad we are. God will forgive us through Christ and lift us up and help us to do better. It's not how good we are. Everything that we do that's good at all is a good work created in advance for us to do, and God gave it to us and gave us the ability to do it. You see, it's not about how bad we are or how good we are. It's about whose we are. It's about pardon, one on a cross, not by us, not at all. It's about power bursting forth from an empty tomb for us, but not procured by us. It's the way to songs of deepest joy we'll yet sing. Oh, we've sung some of the preliminary notes right here, but even the tones here that almost break our hearts with beauty are only quiet notes in the symphony that awaits. Souls here could not possibly stand that level of joy, but one day they'll be ready for the music unmuted. I know what song we will not be singing. Well, I might tell you that Jim and I got a chance to preach and sing together recently. It was a lot of fun. We were asked Jim to preach, me to sing. I thought it was a great division of labor. And it turns out mom and dad had a pretty good idea when they brought Jim along. And 
I think God had a pretty good idea when I showed up, if I may say so. And it's just been a pretty cool journey. It's amazing what kind of melodies and tunes and beautiful music God makes in our lives, sometimes completely by surprise. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.